0: Here we are, game day again. Did you make it without any spoilers? Congratulate yourself if you did, and maybe there's hope for society as crazy as the world is these days. If you didn't get spoiled intentionally by someone else, then hey, you're doing okay. We have got a big episode coming up tonight. I'm sure we're going to have some reactions. I've got some drinks ready to toast an ode to whoever might end up dying, and it might be a lot of people. Or, hey, maybe the show, which has not given us a big shocking death yet this season keep it the same keep us in a warm cozy space as we head into season eight ah who are we kidding someone's gonna die and they're gonna die bad what do you guys think final prediction for the show tonight episode six we're almost done and then we apparently have to wait to 2019 but hey you'll have me you'll have this we'll all be here for daily thrones I'm Ken Afzak, and this is Daily Thrones, and we're here to look beyond the wall. This is my... Well, it's, it's not a, a quick reaction, I'll be honest. I watch the episode normally, like uh, at, at 6 p.m. my time here on the West Coast, and I've been sitting on it. Normally, I like to jump on, give my quick reaction, but I gotta tell you, I liked this episode, but I didn't love this episode. Well, I think that might be the sentiment. Now... A lot of people are going to point fingers at, quote, the writers and, quote, the producers and, quote, the makers of the show. I don't think that's fair. I think what we're all collectively feeling are some questionable decisions made by the characters, some things that seem out of place, uh, some things we're not happy with, and some things that we expected to happen. And then some things that didn't happen that we maybe expect to happen. And I... I keep coming back to this thing when I do uh, talk about Star Wars or Game of Thrones, and I think it's really uh, apropos now that this uh, this is the end. We're getting to the end. So there's going to be solutions. The journey is the best part. All right. That's just how it is. Seasons two, three and four. Those are kind of the seasons a lot of people like because we, we are well into the journey. We're past the setup, which can sometimes be boring or the simplest uh, part of the story. And we're still wondering what lay out there. We're still wondering how is the Night King and the White Walkers and the Whites and the stuff beyond the wall. How's that going to uh, tie into uh, what's going over in Essos and Danny and all the storylines are intertwining. We get these great amount of characters, but by season five, solutions start happening. I felt in Season 5 some of the problems people had with it. Even I, as a Stannis Baratheon fan, it felt, wow, that's, how his, that's his ending. He dies in the forest. Brian kills him. All right, I like Bran. That's it. That's it for Stannis. That's the journey I took from Season 2. And I think that creates a little bit of a malaise. It creates a little bit of uh, uh, our own expectations sink us. I talked about this. I still talk about it a lot over in the uh, Star Wars world and the Star Wars fandom where... Uh, the first time I saw *Fan* uh, *Force Awakens*, I liked a lot about it, but I had this weird feeling of uh, I don't I don't know. And then now I love that movie. I've seen *Force Awakens* fifteen times. I'll defend fifteen times. I'll defend that movie a lot. It's not just a retread. It's new characters. It's a lot of new things that you haven't seen in *Star Wars* before. Just because there was a big third giant Death Star that was now a planet, yeah, that, that was similar. But my expectations sunk *Force Awakens* on the first time I saw it. And again, that's something I loved. My expectations for this episode, and my expectations for the story, were high as it should be. It's Game of Thrones, but they were different. What I've envisioned in my mind was different than what I got. I thought I thought Jorah was gone. I thought Tormund was gonna die. I thought all that. Not some random guys. I'm um, definitely not a dragon. So, which, by the way, who? What, what dragon went down? Did we get a look at that yet? Ray, was it Rhaegal? Viserion? I didn't get a good look. It wasn't Drogon. We know that, right? Oh, I got to find out what Drake. I haven't haven't looked at anything yet. I have to take it all in. But anyways, that's my feeling towards this episode in general is I liked it. And I think a lot of people out there liked it. There's some great things, some wonderful setup for the finale and for next season. I like that this is where it's going. I think I'm going to be more happy with this episode as I go on. But I was expecting a big fight. Not them uh, always just sitting there waiting to freeze to death. I was expecting uh, uh, John to get out alive and be the only one. So I was braced for a group of deaths that did not come. And then Danny flies up. Now, I am over the people worrying about how quick it gets to think. I'm telling you right now, I'm over it. They warned us about a fast pace. Danny gets on. Dragonstone is not as far from the wall from east watch and they clearly did not go that far from east watch because the night king and his armies were marching down so i'm over the distances all right uh that's just where we're at i don't want an episode of danny flying on a dragon for hours i don't want an episode of them marching for hours let's get to where they need to be and let's analyze the story from that point on all right i'm gonna process it i'm gonna listen to your guys' thoughts and then i'm gonna come through with what i gotta do and what I got to say, and what I think. This was a different episode. I had a big, epic feel. Great things happen. But I feel I might have been lacking something, or something about it was different. That's my thoughts initially. I'm feeling, I'm working through it. Analysis and more reactions to come. Now it's your thoughts here on Daily Thrones.
1: All right, Lord Namsock we're gonna need a bigger wall and dragon's gonna get over it game over man game over Just, 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 have some wine have some ale have a nice fire we're all gonna die hey ken kevin ross what an amazing episode but you don't drag a quarter mile of chain with you unless you intend to use it This whole thing was a trap to get a dragon to get past the wall. The whole thing. They could have easily killed uh, the men a very long time ago, but they need them to get a raven off. Once the Night King knew they had a raven and the dragons were coming, the men were expendable. This whole thing, whole thing, was set up to get a dragon to get past the wall. The Night King and Bran had been playing this game for a very long time. I've always said... That we're seeing time travel from our perspective, not the time traveler's perspective, and now we're seeing it go into full effect. If the, if if you keep the math simple, and they played this game say a hundred times, the Night King now has the advantage, and Plan B is the only hope for us all. Thanks. Hey Ken, I just finished watching Game of Thrones. This is truly, uh, I gotta say, years of playing D anD D. The second it hit the water, I knew what was coming.
2: Hey Ken, so this is my instant reaction to episode 6 of Game of Thrones, and it was very, very good. I am a little surprised, though, that the only member of the main team that went out on this expedition to die was Thoros. I really thought we would have more death. I'm not shocked a dragon died. I always figured one would die, so so it was sad, but I wasn't shocked. Cold Hand showing up was cool, the Arya and Sansa stuff was very cool, and the thing I loved, Torment saying... Us gingers are beautiful because that is absolutely true.
1: So, my initial thoughts are this was the best episode of the season. And I know we've been saying that since the start of the season. But. John finally bent the knee. They're going to King's Landing. I don't know what Cersei's going to do. I don't think Cersei's going to believe her. I think Cersei's going to turn on him somehow but in the end of the day, it really doesn't matter because the Night King has a dragon, and I, I don't know what they're going to do. Oh, boy. <laughs> Is it Sunday yet? Hey, Ken. Just finished watching the episode. That was crazy. I, in the episode as a whole, I think there was a lot of good, but I think there was also a lot of bad, to be honest. I don't want don't to wanna be a hater, but there were some things that really made me question... Betrayal, of some characters and things, but let's push that aside for a second. The fight sequences were awesome. The dragons were awesome. The ending was insane. I'm my mind is kind of blown, to be honest. I don't know. I really don't know what else to say besides episode blew me away. But I am conflicted about the episode, to be honest.
3: Masterpiece. Ken, there's no other word for it. I'm literally shaking right now. It was the best episode of the season, and this season's been absolutely superb. Possibly my favorite if the finale's as great as the rest of it, which I have no reason to doubt. But Beyond the Wall was something truly special. Top two of the entire series for me, I think. As of right now, I'd only ranked the wins of winter ahead of it, and I've only watched it once. Considering if the season six finale is essentially my platonic ideal of a perfect episode of television, that's pretty great company for this hour to be in. It was thrilling, awe-inspiring, heartbreaking, and deeply emotional, with great dialogue and Fantastic character work, brilliantly written, directed, and acted, everything I want from an episode of Game of Thrones and more. Danny's arrival to save John and the rest is one of the most thrilling moments of the entire series, which made the turn into tragedy all the more gut wrenching. The death was devastating, rendered even more painful when the Night King raised him again at the end as his undead slave, but the light returned in the form of that John Danny scene immediately preceding it, which is honestly one of the most beautiful and deeply affecting scenes the show's ever done. Just fantastic.
1: Hey, Ken. Kevin Ross, re-watching the fight again. Where is the Dragon Glass at? We didn't just spend, you know, all that time in, on um, on the island with uh, with Danny to get John, you know, a girlfriend. Where's the Dragon Glass? These guys should have Dragon Glass to be able to defeat the bear and the white and, and the walkers and the whites. Where is it? It seemed like Jorah was the only one that had actually had like some quasi daggers made of this stuff. At least well, that's what it appeared to be. It's just crazy. Where is the dragonglass? Thanks.
0: So there you have it. The calls are starting to pour in, and some of you guys love this episode. think it's one of the best of the series. Uh, I mean, the series, not just the season, what some of you are saying, and I love your thoughts on that. And some of them, uh, some of the calls are, are kind of like me, saying, hey, Kind of saw, saw some of this coming, and uh, I have a weird feeling. Not sure. It's going to take a few rewatches. Now, I want to be clear. I like a lot of what I saw in this episode. I, I love a lot of what I saw. There was some dialogue. was great. The the interactions between the Hound and Tormund and Jorah and John. I, I liked all those moments. I like Jorah having... What I thought was going to be one final moment of, uh, you know, uh, here you go. Uh, I don't, I don't deserve that sword, John. I'm not good. And then he dies doing something amazing. But he's alive. I thought Torm- Tormund was going. I thought it was happening. My eyes started to well up as Tormund got. Oh, po- uh, he got saved. Uh, only Thoros goes in and and, and gets his uh, life taken away by the. <laughs> That ice bear, man, that zombie bear—that was some good stuff. That spoke to what, what things we'd heard before. But uh, the feeling all hanging over my head, this dark cloud—that's not fully enjoying this episode—I think will go away. This is about solutions. This is about the solutions finally happening. We knew this season was going to be fast-paced. We did not necessarily know it was going to be because the story itself would jump to uh, solutions and conclusions and answers maybe quicker than we wanted to. I would have loved to have spent more time with these guys north of the wall with their funny dialogue, but it's not needed. The action is here. Now, all the action itself was great. Uh, I think things like Hard Home and, and Battle of the Bastards and some of the, those type of moments, and even the Fields of Fire stuff going on there and Spoils of War, came off a little bit better to me than the fighting in this episode. It was uh, just kind of, uh, the fighting was fine. It was, it was scary, and I loved the Night King stuff. I love the Night King, and I love that he was just like, cool. Dragon, give me my spear. Here we go killed that dragon. I have no problem with any of that. Don't misunderstand me. It just uh, you know, there there didn't seem to be as much tension in it. Especially when I started to realize that this wasn't gonna go the way I thought. This wasn't gonna be a fight to the death. This was something was gonna happen and sure enough, it's Danny. And I got no problem with Danny flying up there quick to save the day and I love I don't love that she loses a dragon. I'm hearing reports it was Viserin. Viserin is going? Okay. That's interesting. All right, because that means Rhaegal's still alive and Rhaegar, Rhaegal, Jon Snow. All right, I see him on that dragon. Viserion goes. Uh, if that, in fact, was the case, I think that was it. So um, I'm fine with all that. It just uh, there didn't seem to be as much tension and again the show's moving so fast so i'm sitting there watching john and danny kind of the end of the episode and i loved all that stuff even though i i still think it's creepy but i got i got friends texting me like no no it's pretty hot we're good with this uh, i got i'm still finding it pretty creepy that aunt and nephew are uh sitting there falling for each other but hey i get it um but i'm sitting there watching it and i'm thinking oh that's it then huh seven seasons and here we go we're getting the end and that's where i think my malaise is happening maybe some of you out there who aren't fully on board with this episode uh maybe we have to work through that we're upset that we only have one more this this year and then six more it looks like in 2019 we've invested so much of our lives in this so much of our fandoms it's it's uh, so much of our energy has gone towards it. and so it's come down to the end and so we're still dealing with these solutions happening and maybe they weren't the solutions that we wanted but the episode did deliver on a lot of fronts we can dive into the aria and sansa stuff at a later date what's going on with Tyrion? there's something kind of i think he's having a lot of doubts about who he is and where he belongs i don't know it seems kind of weird uh but i like it it's i like that kind of conflict uh, here but i i i as much as i don't want to see Danny suffered that kind of loss. She views these dragons as, as her children. I like it. I like it story-wise. The Night King has the advantage. He's building up. But this isn't going to be easy. She could have just, I guess, flown over the Night King and tried to, tried to burn him. I don't know if it would have worked. Fire doesn't seem to really want to hurt him. Uh, but she needed to save her men. Came in like Yoda and the clones at the end of Attack of the Clones. That's right. I made that reference. So I like all that. And I like that there's a cost. The cost wasn't Jorah or Tormund, Gendry or Beric. The cost was a dragon. And that is the biggest cost that our team, the team we're rooting for, can pay. More on this, I'm sure. Lots to unpack. Daily Thrones rolls on.
2: Hey, Ken, one thing about the episode, if Benjamin Starr, Cold Hands, is dead, I am going to be very disappointed, and I will tell you why. I, like you, have been waiting for him to have a reunion with John. I've been waiting and waiting for it. And if this little interaction that they had in this episode is all we're ever going to get between them, I will consider that a disappointment. I want them to at least have a conversation, something, because, you know, you could tell how close they were. Um, In the in the seat back in season one. So I really hope Benjen Stark is not dead, because if he is, I will consider this a very big disappointment.
0: Alright, some good questions we can start diving into here based on this episode, Beyond the Wall. One, where was the dragonglass? Now, here's the thing. Uh, Dragonglass doesn't necessarily uh, have any effect that we know of against whites. We know it kills the white walkers. I got to imagine it might do something to the whites. We haven't really seen that come into play. We just know it takes out the white walkers, thanks to Sam the Slayer. So we don't know if they 100% needed it. Except for, we do know that they were going to uh, eventually run into some White Walkers. Jon Snow spent all this time mining Dragon Glass. It was a big deal. And unless there's an answer forthcoming, I'm, I'm prepared to call it a bit of a weird oversight on the show or, or a very odd omission, I should say. Um, uh, no one had anything. No one had one thing—a uh, bow and arrow with a dragon, you know, shoot at the Night King. Now, I don't like getting caught up in those plot questions. That, you know, should Danny have burned, try to kill the Night King? Yeah, but because plot—that's uh, just how storytelling goes. I'm not worried about that. I don't—I don't get into those nitty-gritty details. I like crawling into the story, story bubble and just—why didn't one of those guys, after all that big deals made of dragon glass, have some dragon glass? good question. Kevin was calling in with that question as well. Uh, again, is it is it 100% needed because we don't think the whites could be taken down by it, or at least we haven't seen that yet, but I would have been willing to give it a try. Especially after all the effort it took to get the dragon look out of the glass. Then we do get our Benjamin John reunion. TV Cold Hands, which might not be book cold hands, but I think it might be end up being book cold hands. Um Benjamin is back. And he comes back. Now, our good friend Eric Monroe called in with the thought that, hey, if if Benjen's really dead, he'd have a problem with it. Eric, much like we have to face the fact that Stannis is really dead, still two seasons later, I'm trying to believe it. Uh, Benjamin Stark is dead. The, the man that we know as Benjamin or knew as Benjamin is dead. I, I like the inside uh, the sh- uh, show kind of notes after by Benioff and Weiss. They offer great ins- insight into the story, but also what they were thinking and putting together the story. And I love this idea that uh, Benjamin had a purpose, just like he had a purpose in helping Bran. His purpose now was to save John for the good of the realm, for the good of the. Mankind for the good of the world. And if you go back to season one, and Benjen and John are having those moments where they're connected as uncle and nephew, as and his family, as his kin, and as brothers in the Night's Watch, as well, I think that moment actually will have more uh, power to it, more resonance. Eric, if you go back and know that Benjen, when he leaves, the next time he's going to see John, it's going to be to save him. Uh, cold hands I don't think would have factored in much more we talked about maybe he was the one that would go down to prove something uh, not the case um, I like that idea actually I don't have a problem with it on first thought I'm disappointed but he went out in a good way to serve Jon Snow to serve the greater good and I can accept that Eric I hope you can accept that I hope other Benjamin Stark fans out there can accept that, just like we have to accept that they went all that way with no dragon glass, and and Jorah apparently didn't want a sword; he just wanted daggers. Maybe John had a backup sword. Give, give Jorah Longclaw. Long, oh, he doesn't want claw How about this sword? Or do you want to stick with these weird little daggers? I mean, those daggers might have been dragon glass for all we know. I don't know, but it just seemed—it did seem a little weird. The George said these two little daggers, but hey, I liked it. I liked it. It was cool. He survived, so we're okay. That's just some of the questions. We got a lot more questions coming in here. I want to start breaking down Monday and Tuesday what we think this Arya Sansa storyline is going to end up being. I, it's not going to be nothing. It's not going to wrap up that quick. Something's afoot. There's some uh, rough roads ahead. I'll say it right now, Arya, I think Arya needs to step off a little bit. All right. You're coming on too strong. Sansa's kind of right. We know Sansa was forced to write that letter. Arya, take a chill pill, all right? To use a phrase from my youth, just relax a little bit. You're coming on too strong. What do you guys think? More on the way. I'm sure some calls will post, but for that, uh, that's it for me. I'm actually going to watch the episode again. Go to bed, wake up early, and talk about this on Collider Throne Stock. We'll be hearing Daily Thrones all week, breaking it down. Your calls, your reactions, your voice helps make Daily Thrones robust as we talk about the world of ice and fire.